You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hog Liberty Podcast on the We Are Libertarians Network. I'm your host, Jeremiah Morrill, and as always, I'm joined by our co-host, Dakota Davis. Episode number 42, man. 42. We've uh, we've come full circle with Liberty Defender Sean Rouse. Sean Rouse on uh, my right. On the far left is uh, returning regular co-host, Cade Coger. Welcome, Cade. How are we doing? I think we're doing all right. Is that a proverbial how you doing? We wave to the crowd. Yeah. yeah. How are yeah. we doing? Yeah. Everybody's in their car. Going, yeah, I'm doing see, great. Thank you. See, Cade has fully <laughs> embraced uh, the whole video thing. Yeah, he knows. He knows that to draw people into the video, we've got to throw those little bits in there. That's yep. right. You got to. There's a little extra there. You got to make awkward eye contact every now and then. That's the, that's the entire strategy <laughs> I have in hosting the show, and everybody gets to see it in glorious high definition with the new Mevo camera. All right, our show is about our lives in rural Indiana. It's a show about folks who are involved in politics. We promise that our episodes are going to be a fun and an easy listen. We interview people who are influencers, elected officials, political experts, and folks that we just find interesting. On my right is Sean Rao. He is the uh, the man that someday will be my uh, defense attorney when something goes horribly wrong. <laughs> the man, I, the myth, the legend. I'm here. Now I, now, I did watch enough Breaking Bad in my life to know that for us to have attorney-client privilege at some point, I've got to give you a dollar. Give me the dollar. So <laughs> that is my it. retainer. At some point, when I have to ask, just for you, he's though. my guy. Yeah, sorry, I don't usually Sean. take the one dollar retainer, but just for you, we'll <laughs> make that. It's happen. on the record now. I'm sorry, Sean, but I'm 22 years old and I don't carry cash. It's okay. <laughs> he doesn't have a dollar. I accept, I accept cryptocurrency. <laughs> yeah, he'll take one whole bitcoin if you can't give him a, if, oh, that okay. a fiat dollar. Yeah, that sounds fair. So that's after the last two days in the stock market. Right, that is yeah. my last dollar. Your last FRN. I'm all out. That's it. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've watched enough Breaking Bad to know that's the way this is supposed to go. Yep. That'll work. All right. I'm, I'm in. All right. Sweet. So I had, last Sunday, I had a, a Super Bowl party. Yes, you And did. Uh, I invited, I didn't invite Sean, but I invited That's everybody okay. else in the room. That's okay. It was very well attended. Regular co-host Chase Payton attended. His lovely uh, girlfriend, Katie. My brother attended. Regular co-host. And a number of other sports friends of mine. But uh, Dakota, you chose to not show up. You know, I, I did not. Um, if you listen to the show, then um, you know that I'm really not the biggest sports fan in the entire world. I uh, actually ended up having a quite quite a good evening. Did you go to Home Depot? I didn't go to Home Depot, but I went to uh, the Gilman's Do It Best uh, here in Newcastle, Indiana. But I went to the Gilman's, and, and I, I That's was like, That's in the you Corey know Murphy Industrial Park? Yeah. Yeah, okay. You know, I was like, you know what I'm going to do tonight instead of going to the Super Bowl party? Because my, you know, my wife, Audrey, was, she was at uh, practicing for interview questions. She had a job interview the next day. So I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to, like, try to work on the studio a little bit, try to, you know, figure out the audio. Like, we still needed a door in the studio. So I was like, you know, I, I can go do that. So I went and uh, went down to the local Gilman's, and I'm... I'm here to tell you, like, the best time to go out anywhere is about 
uh, an hour and a half before the Super Bowl starts. There's nobody on the roads. The roads are deserted. Pure anarchy. All the yeah. stoplights are just flashing yellow because nobody cares. That's exactly right. The uh, It seemed like the people at Gilman's were just happy that there was another human. <laughs> There's some other form of human interaction because they hadn't had any that, Is that day. It's hey, kind of like what it was when the government shut down, wasn't it? Hey, look, yeah, it's, it's a exactly. soccer fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not a, not a fan of any. Uh, we're going to... We're going to get into that a little bit later in the show. I'll share my thoughts about the Super Bowl All right. and what I think it means. Well, so I had the Super Bowl party, and it's not uncommon. And this is why I needed a, an attorney, because I never know. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to get myself in trouble at some mm-hmm. point. It, it is not uncommon for some wagering to take place yeah. from time to time. Yes. And uh, a friend of mine who's uh, – we'll just call him uh, we'll just call him Joe Bluebird, because I can't use his real name for legal purposes – uh, well, Joe Bluebird, uh, he took action on everything possible in the game. The national anthem. Yes. Uh, there was a bet on how long the national anthem was, and but and there was an over under that was published, but we didn't know if it was when the music started or when the song started. Mm-hmm. And there were multiple timers, and it was very close mm-hmm. either way. But it was mm-hmm. a, it was on the under. So uh, Joe yes. Bluebird, I think, won that bet. Yes. I had a bet with him that uh, the first point scored would be not be a touchdown; it would be a field goal. And uh, I won that. Very it was, good. It was a three dollar bet. Very good. And then I doubled down. It was that same dollar I had right there. That was the dollar I risked. One of the this dollars I risked. <laughs> it's yours now. It's a winner. I had a. I was going to pay five dollars. I had already won a three dollar bet, so I was going to mm-hmm. pay five dollars if Rob Gronkowski scored less than two touchdowns. Oh. But I was going to receive an additional fifteen dollars if he did. Okay. So Mr. Bluebird PayPal'd me nineteen dollars. <laughs> In in winnings, that's excellent. After the Super Bowl, that, I is, love. Uh, that is the most 21st century uh, bet and payment that I've ever heard of in my life. He PayPal'd you that you're winning. He PayPal'd you me know. the winnings before the game is over. As soon as Gronk crossed the path, crossed the end zone, he le- he had left at halftime. That's kind of like how they recently started accepting debit cards for uh, <laughs> for for lottery ticket purchases. Now you know it's uh, no holding back. That's right. Well, if it's a debit card, that has to be real money. You can't go into debt over it. But uh, yeah, and then today, of course, Abdul Abdul Hakim Shabazz, our uh, our friend at uh, WIBC, uh, he has the. Uh, are you familiar with the cheat sheet? I am not. It's the. Uh, it's his little like news and innuendo and okay. speculation thing he sends out from time to time. Okay. It's like twenty five bucks every six months. Okay. I got my nineteen dollars in PayPal, and the only thing that ever comes out of my PayPal account is uh, is the cheat sheet the money cheat sheat. <laughs> and the and the uh, for the longest time I would get charged for the uh, the Middletown paper, and somehow that didn't work, and they. They wound up actually sending me an actual bill. I'd renewed the middle town the other day, so I'm on board with Yeldon. I'm still taking your paper. Because uh, <laughs> you write good stuff, and I know you watch. He does. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I, my $19 was gone, and I had, they took $6 out of my checking yeah. account because Abdul hit me this morning. So I, I, Abdul got all of my winnings. I reinvested oh back in the back in the show. You better tell him, you know, I, I expect a full thank you from Abdul in the next cheat sheet. Uh, I would I would like our names to be dropped down in there sometime. Yeah, we did tip him off to the conversation we had about uh, with with Senator Leising about the concerns about the hemp bill. We did, and, and he printed and it. We also tipped him off about uh, um, Mr. Nate Lamar whenever he was considering when, his when he changed his mind about running for office yeah. and maybe running for state senate. We've uh, we've been an important contributor to the cheat sheet. Yeah. So well worth uh, well worth twenty five bucks every six months if y'all get a shot at it. That's not a paid plug, but Abdul, I'll take I'll take a free subscription if you want paid plugs. I'm I'm not above that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. So let's see what else happened. I was uh, you and I did spend the weekend apart, Dakota, and uh, I was fat shamed over the weekend. Oh yes, you uh, you yes. were out on Saturday night, and uh, 
I was, uh, you uh, shared a thing on Facebook, a pretty innocent comment about how you, you know, oh, yeah, when you were 18 I, or something. It, said you would, it was like, you know, uh, one day you're 16 and you're a size zero. And then uh, and then the next thing you know, you're 22 and you're drinking kale. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, me being 22 and having been a man of very small frame and stature whenever I was 16, thought, oh, you know, that's funny, even though it says size zero. I'm not sure in, in women's sizes what size I was then, but... <laughs> I do know I was size twenty nine waist, you know, whatever that equates to. But uh, my left leg, yeah, you know, I shared that, and uh, I sh- I shared that from one of my friends who who is a female that I went to high school with, um, and uh, you commented on it. I commented, and I just made the smart aleck comment of you were size zero, yeah, and she and thought that she, you were talking. Apparently, that she you had thought, commented on. Hers. She thought I was commenting on her, your, hers. I simply had commented on you, and then she says, "How dare you, a person a third your size?" Because I've got the profile picture from when I was Max Jer <laughs> from our, our, our from last summer, <laughs> and it goes back and forth a couple times. And I was like, "I am so close." So we, uh, allegedly, we're having some audio trouble. Dakota, yes, I'm, I'm trying to. Fix He's that efforting now. with the iRig, so that your video feed may or may not have trouble. The the podcast will be just fine, so we'll continue. Um, but I was I was literally like at my biggest in that picture, and I wanted to come back with a comment about how I you know I was I was right on the edge, and that picture is my inspiration. And uh, now she she sent me over the edge, and I just couldn't take it anymore. But uh, I didn't. I just I just told Dakota, and he's like, "Oh, don't you're gonna make it worse." Um, yeah, I don't know. There's no telling. Let's see if that works. I'm also getting reports that our audio is freezing as well, or our video is freezing out too. So. Maybe what we're going to do is we're going to pause the show right here. We're going to resume on the uh, we're going to resume on the recorder in a second, and we're going to reboot everything just for fun. So, if y'all are watching, we're going to reboot, and we'll be right back on there. And this will never make the real audio. We're just going to pause it and fix it. And we welcome everybody back on the audio podcast. That was a brief interruption brought to you by we don't know what, but uh, <laughs> the awkward pause and reconfiguring of that. Uh, we think we think we're back now, and we're back at it. So uh, Dakota, in the uh, in the time we were away, we. Uh, We've rebooted every single piece of electronics that we can think to reboot, and hopefully we solved it. We reset all the Wi-Fi, the uh, extender that's up here. We turned off the Mevo, turned back on the Mevo, uh, did a hard reset on the app. Uh, We just did everything. Let's hope that it works. I did take the time in our our brief pause to look around the room. I used to, Sean, I go to work, and I'm dressed in business business casual, slacks, dress shoes, probably a lot like you do, but no jacket and tie. (laughs) Uh, I come home now and I have to go to wardrobe and I yeah. come home and I change into my my plaid shirt, right. my jeans and my and Likewise, my, uh, and, yes. my and, so, and you've, you obviously have done the right job here. You're in your hunter orange plaid. Yes. Uh, Make sure nobody hit me on the on H Avenue. <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> You're safe. North of Q is all we ever released. North, north of Q. <laughs> no, no. Uh oh. Boy, the super fans, they, they know. Be, they're going to be picketing outside. Yeah. They're going to be close. Yep. If, if uh, we've That's made a, it all this time and somebody, if somebody comes after us, we know why now. <laughs> hey, that'll be uh, really good content. Though, so. <laughs> <laughs> we have our first protesters outside the studio. <laughs> That's right. So, And then the rest of the attired, uh, Henry County Libertarian Party Chairman Dakota Davis is wearing his long-sleeve Libertarian T-shirt. Represent. And uh, Cade is now into an extra large. We accidentally had him in a large earlier. <laughs> Uh, one of the brand new Boss Hog of Liberty T-shirts uh, from our promo box at Vistaprint. We got uh, we got business cards. We got some thank you cards for the very special donors that uh, that help us out. We've uh, we've got Cade in the uh, Cade in the uh, the Boss Hog of Liberty polo shirt or t- T-shirt, 
and then uh, you know there were there were some others that were sold, and uh, I, I know a lot of people received them. I've got my mug uh, that I got from the tea chip sale that we had. I know other people have t- uh, texted me pictures of the T-shirts they've received. So we've had some uh, some of the merch is out there now. That's right. Yeah, uh, we're we also have um, one large shirt that is just like Cades that we are uh, we're going to sell to the highest bidder. So whoever is the first one to send me or Jeremiah a message or an email that says, give me that shirt. Give me that shirt and I have this much money. Uh, yeah. X amount of dollars. I mean, it's <laughs> up to you. You get to decide. That is what is fun about this. All right. Yeah. It's a name your own price. Yep. It's like Priceline, though. It's, uh, uh, it's Dakota like, may not answer you right away. He may wait to answer until yeah. he gets an obscene number. I don't think that we can really say that it's like a name your price tool because we, in my experience with the copyright laws, I, know, <laughs> I really have decided to back off on that kind of thing. We don't know what we're doing right or wrong. <laughs> we just got our, we know the stove is hot and we got burnt, but we did get our money. That's right. It's kind of like training a puppy. We don't know what we did wrong, but we know we did something wrong and we're yep. going to try to stay in our lane. So we're going to try to uh, do it again a second time and then... Uh, we, we might really learn our lesson this time. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to ask for permission business. All right. So the uh, the other thing, you uh, you have the polo shirt that you wore last week. We, you wore yes. that out in public. I did. Rockstar Status Dakota again. We went to the Newcastle City Council meeting, did mm-hmm. the Facebook Mevo live stream, had a couple of audio difficulties, but overall it was well received. Uh, you had almost every member of the county city council come up to you afterwards and say, hi, I'm whoever. I'm on the city council. And you're like, oh, this is Dakota. It's my chance to meet him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's about exactly how it went. You held court, nearly signing yeah. autographs. I did. Yeah. I was uh, <laughs> handing out stickers and business cards, and I felt like I was a real business professional. You were trying to book. And, you, you were know, working we, on booking the mayor to come on the show. We kept, uh, I think that some people might have tuned in that d- that might not necessarily live in Newcastle, but some people still watch that. We even had somebody from Dayton, Ohio, that was watching. Yeah, um, and I, th- I think that part of that was because I'd kind of marketed a little bit about, um, you know, we ran into some, uh, to some flack, and we'd gotten some pushback about it. But uh, whenever I got there, uh, we set up. There was no problems. After the meeting, Mayor York came up to me, and he shook my hand, and he said, you know, I think that you did a really good thing coming here tonight, and people deserve to see what their uh, elected officials are doing. So I was like, why didn't you ever call me back with the <laughs> with the <laughs> Wi-Fi staff? With, with like, the approval. <laughs> uh, yeah, we showed up. We thought it was a 7 o'clock meeting somehow, so we showed up tw- 35 minutes early at 625, just yeah. in time for the meeting to start. Yeah, which we, had, we, we need to bring that up to uh, Mr. Aaron Dickin. Who is on the wall? Um, because the the Newcastle City website definitely says that the meetings start at seven o'clock in the evening. So we got there at what six fifteen? Yeah, we were there yeah. just in time to, uh, to to literally for them to start. I think they started the meeting early, but they couldn't do their public hearing on whatever the the, the re- third reading or whatever it was. But the meeting definitely felt like it started early. We made it. We made it work. But uh, I'm I'm still learning. I've only been to a handful of city council meetings. I'm I'm the unrepresented uh, person. I'm a customer of Newcastle City Utilities, but I don't have a city councilman. So I, you know, I go to the meetings just as the guy that gets uh, that has to pay no matter what because I live there. But I don't have a I don't have a vote. I'm like Washington <laughs> D.C. taxation without representation. <laughs> Watch so, out! Uh, we're gonna we're gonna start throwing tea into the Big Blue River. <laughs> <laughs> no, because what'll happen is they'll raise my taxes. They will. They'll annex me in, and then I'll be stuck. <laughs> 
Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was overall. I think it was a big success. I think we it had, was too. Uh, we had huge reach. Thousands, like like fifteen oh thousand people in the last week have had something Boss Hog of Liberty in front of them uh, through Facebook, just on the Facebook platform alone. Yeah, unreal. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, I had a really busy week this week, so I never actually got around to putting it on YouTube. Uh, so I'll work on that whenever I put this one up there. But my week was hectic, and I apologize for that. That's the way it goes, Mister Rao. Yes. It's a. It's the time we get it. We've bantered enough. We've we've you sat there patiently, like every good host does, and looks at us, look be like idiots no, no, for the first fifteen no. to twenty minutes, and then we're our good. false start, and then our other false start. We had a tart, Glenn. We were like fifteen yards back. It was like it was like second and thirty, and here we are to talk to you. Yes. So what uh, what's going on in the public defenders world, man? Uh it's uh, it's busy as always. Uh, we have a lot of. Uh lot of cases to deal with uh, recently it's been more um related to the uh, child in need of services cases that caseload is exploding over the course not just our county but across the state um so that's been a that's been a significant hurdle for our office to deal with but um it, it i know that uh your last guest. Uh, we had uh, Mark Rutherford, Rutherford who's the uh, chairman of the uh, Public Defenders Commission, I think, yes. statewide. Yes. Uh, he's running for Secretary of State, and you can watch that on episode 41. Uh, he was in, in last week. And I don't I don't recall whether he addressed that specifically or not, the caseload uh, related to child. Yeah, he did uh, to an extent where they were getting some additional funds from the legislature mm-hmm. because they've because there are so many more of those cases coming through. Yes. And I guess when there's a child in need of services, it becomes a criminal issue where the parents can be locked up when those proceedings are going on? It can be, depending on what what is the underlying issue. If it's methamphetamine use, maybe they're arrested for possession of methamphetamine. So you have a criminal case along with the uh, child in need of services case. So it's a few different fronts, but multiple cases opened up for a, for a similar event. But So do you get a lot of those different cases on, on that come across your desk? Is that prevalent here? For for me, um, I am assigned cases mostly out of Circuit Two um, with Judge Crane and uh, different prosecutors I work with out of that court. I also handle cases out of Circuit One with Judge Witham. Um, both are great to work with. Um, really enjoy practicing here. Um, so for my purposes, my caseload is probably it's all major felony, so it could be anywhere between twenty to forty at a time oh, at wow. any given moment. Um, and then that doesn't count my private practice where I have family law cases and, and private criminal cases. I get hired on out of, uh, for Henry circuit court number three with judge McCord. Um, so, you know, the caseload is, is a little daunting at times, but, um, you sound like a busy guy. <laughs> it, yeah, I'm in court quite often, pretty much four or five days a week. I'm in court. So I'm amazed that we've got him on the show again. Two years ago, I couldn't get a return phone call from the guy when I was trying to book him. I would leave messages at his office trying to book him to come speak to the My Henry kids County were Libertarian a bit Party back then. And I was like a lot more sleep deprived back then. So now, which, then, which I will mention again that he, you did speak at our I area did. convention. I did. Last I enjoyed year. it. You did a great job. I, I really enjoyed that. hearing everything. I learned a lot at that convention. Like I. I've never net, talked to a lawyer and never really thought yeah. about the things that you'd talked about, but it was really neat. Well, and uh, one of the things you talked about was actually the uh, jury duty mm-hmm. and how important that is for citizens. You know, you said usually people are ho-hum and kind of disappointed if they get selected and try to, you know, uh, uh, you know, you always hear the joke on like family guy of, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm racist, so mm-hmm. I can't do it. Like people saying that yeah. and then, 
That don't take that out as a soundbite if I ever become famous. <laughs> <laughs> More famous than you are now, sir. So uh, that was that was really neat. And actually, um, Jesse Riddle mm-hmm. just uh, got selected for jury duty. Yeah, so and, he uh, he was supposed to serve on a jury, I guess, a week and a half ago. And I, I I'm putting the math together and reading media reports. I'm guessing it was a case that you were you were supposed to be in very Kate, possibly in court. Yeah. It would, uh, it would have been I'm trying to think, but two weeks ago, it would, yeah, it would have been for a Monday. Start, okay. Started out on it was, okay. a, it was set, set for Monday. So I think he in his process. I've never had jury duty in Henry mm-hmm. County, um, and now that you're my attorney, you probably can't have me on one of your cases. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, you know, whatever. I'm sorry about that. Well, I'd be just, a great you juror. Just, you just tell them in uh, jury selection <laughs> that Mr. Rouse, my attorney, I That's think right. he's the best, and I'm going to believe everything he says. <laughs> that will get you off to the. <laughs> Of the, of the panel easily. <laughs> they've, they've met you. Easily. I, see, the problem is I would love to serve. Yes. You know, I'm, yep. I'm that guy that, you know, raises his hand. And, you know, when it yep. comes time to do community service, I'm I'm there. Every May, Absolutely. I'm there with the, the Henry County at the Henry County Courthouse with the four junior leaders putting down mulch and weeding. <laughs> and, and You know, it's just the way I am. Yeah. Uh, it's Catholic guilt, I guess. I was, yeah. uh, I'm was. i a recovered Catholic. I'm a Baptist now. But I, I, I got that service built into Catholic me. Catholic guilt. <laughs> oh, my. Still like Notre Dame football. Unless they're losing. Are when Brian Catholics- Kelly killed a guy, it changed it for me a little bit. But otherwise, I'm, yeah, I still are, got it. Are all Catholics guilty because they eat the blood and the body of their Savior every week? Is that is that Catholic guilt? Uh, only I would let go. him address that. <laughs> <laughs> I would feel that guilty. One. I would feel guilty. So anyway, how, do you, how often, like, you've got 40 trial cases going on at any one time. Those 40 are not all going to go to trial. That's correct. How often do you actually end up with a jury trial? Is it once a month? So, I mean, how often? Is, obviously, everything's different, but on the average. For me personally, I've tried approximately 10, 11, 12 cases. And you've been a juror, uh, and been an a, attorney for about, about six a years. Okay. For about six years. So for me, it's, you know, if you average it out, about two a year. Um, very few cases go to trial at the state level or the federal level. I've seen different statistics related to 95 plus percent do not go to jury trial. They get resolved one way or the other, whether it's plea agreement, maybe some sort of deferral or a dismissal if the state no longer wants to pursue it. So very few cases go to trial. So that when people ask me, how do you defend all these guilty people? Well, most of them plead guilty or the case is resolved some other way. So uh, just put that out there on the off, off the bat. Um, but of the cases that do go, um, very few do go. Uh, and, uh, the judges and the prosecutors here in our county uh, do, I think, a very good job of uh, helping us prepare uh, to select a jury, and we give the judge an idea. We think this this trial will take two days, three days, four days, whatever it is, um, and we try to plan those out in advance so that everything goes as smoothly as possible. And Because they have to set the – I mean, obviously, they can't schedule anything else when that's going on in the courtroom. Correct, yes. It's occupied. Yes. it's It takes up the whole – the whole day. So um, when I'm looking at doing a jury trial, I'll get about a week in advance. I'll get some questionnaires. You'll probably receive those in the mail. I don't know if you guys have ever received jury questionnaires. Only in Rush County. I've only been summoned down there. Okay. Um, I've never gotten one. Okay. I've so, only been eligible to vote for four years. So. <laughs> so. Well, at some point, at some point, you'll get a jury questionnaire and just like just fill those out. Just send those back in. Um, Give some basic demographic information. Uh, what's your occupation? You know, what's your family structure? Um, a lot of yes or no questions. Do I have to answer those? 
I think <laughs> I think so. I think it, it is strongly encouraged that you respond to those so that okay. we have an idea. It helps the attorneys more than anything else. Because yeah, I, we, what I want to know is what kind of person are you on paper? And that I take that with a grain of salt when I'm evaluating a jury. Um, you know, we'll, for for like a major felony sex crimes case, we'll get maybe 90 possible jurors. That's what we did last time. Um, so out of that 90, I'm trying to shuffle through and kind of look at what, what's this person like on paper. Um, and that may be very different than um, what type of person they are in, in reality. Right. So I take that with a grain of salt. But that's the first step in, in kind of preparing for a for a jury trial. You don't go to the homework level of trying to figure out who they are ahead of time, right? It's more – are you is it, or is it just a – Rough, you know, it's not like sports ball or, uh, you know, money ball situation where you're trying to, you're like, I need one of these and two of these and this one. Well, you have an idea based on what kind of case it is, what, what type of person you're, you're looking for. If you're going to try a bar fight case, you know, a, a battery at a bar, you're not going to, you know, choose, um, a certain type of person who's, the, the people that you would think are hang out in biker bars. Yeah. And stuff. yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're going to want somebody that's a little rough around the edges, somebody that understands, uh, you know, things happen. And as from the defense perspective, and I've never been a prosecutor, so I think there's, um, you know, there there's a different strategy there. But I, I, you know, if it's a science-based case, I want somebody that's very analytical, somebody with a background, maybe in science. Um, or if it involves electronics, maybe I'm looking for a computer-type person to sit on the jury. Um, so it just depends on what kind of case you have that that really makes a good juror. But at the end of the day, if somebody can be fair, open-minded, a critical thinker, that's from the defense perspective, that's the kind of jury you'd want on sitting on a jury. And if you're a prosecutor, you just want an authoritarian. You want- <laughs> <laughs> now, you, that, have you seen the, the People versus O.J. Simpson, the American crime story? Yes. Perhaps you've heard of it. It was the trial of the century. It was back the trial when of the century. Was <laughs> I'm talking about like the I was the just remake. a wee lad myself, so, yeah. yeah. I was, uh, what year was that, 1996? So, yeah, I was just born. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I was in elementary they, school, so, yeah. I, they did, uh, like, a, such a good job, I think, in that in that uh, little mini-series mm-hmm. of uh, really uh, highlighting the jury selection process, how mm-hmm. the uh, how the prosecutors and the defense all have uh, all have their own agenda whenever they're trying to pick out who they're going to have on the jury, and uh, I, like uh, I just love that miniseries. I've watched it like four times, well, just think, all the way through. I think too, even in that, you you kind of saw some of the uncertainty of it because some yeah. of the jurors that they thought would be really good were not, and some of the right. people they were really afraid of actually came through and yeah. that happens all the time just because it, there's there's so much i don't want to say randomness or chance to it but there is there is this you know you, you can't get inside of somebody's head you right. can only it's, have so much time with them to try to figure out where they're at and and what they're about in order to see if that you think they'll be a good juror or not it's the it's the problem that every philosopher and every psychologist in history has ever had the the point of generalization you know mm-hmm. where we 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 want to make these generalizations about people, but not nobody ever fits into an actual box. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's very difficult to to try to analyze people in that sort of way. Whenever you have been educated in uh, this way, you know uh, this is a this is a white male. His age is this, and uh, he had this type of background. So I think that he's probably going to be more predisposed to this position, mm-hmm. and then he can be the opposite. You just never know, right? Yeah, it's 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 difficult. Um, it, it's 
sometimes you feel great about the jury you picked and then things don't go your way and sometimes you feel so-so and it it uh does go go your way but um when i'm when i'm selecting a jury for major felony you get an unlimited number of of uh four cause challenges which means that this person will not be for some reason appropriate for them to serve on the jury it's usually due to fairness or they're they're saying because of this kind of case i can't be fair to your client um and then i get 10 preemptory challenges which means that uh, i can select any any of the 10 i want to strike off the panel right. and the state also has 10 so it's like a process of elimination. You're trying to find a jury that both sides can. Have you can work have with. you ever gotten into like a? I don't know if how much you can say, but like, gotten into the situation like a, like they got to on the people versus OJ, where it was the the, uh, the prosecution was digging so deep into the different jurors' past and just finding different things that they can try to get the people off that they want to. Have you ever I'm, experienced that? I, I, Nobody swore you in on a Bible. If you need to make up a cool answer, that's <laughs> well, fine. I don't think I've gotten to that point. It's just that, um, you know, they'll they'll ask you know um, certain things about their background, and sometimes it'll come out that they had a, you know, a relative that's been wrongly accused, okay. and they and we get into that, and they say, well, we can't. I don't trust anything that the state says because my relative was falsely accused and set up or whatever. Um, that's kind of interesting because usually people are biased against criminal defendants, as I like oh. to call them. So um, you'd be surprised at the anti-state bias. And I think that got more so um, – I mean to like make this about national politics, but in the Obama there's, years. Yeah, there's been some high-profile things in the last five or six years. Yeah, and we, it, there, was, there was a strong amount of anti-government thought during the Obama administration – Right. That people were a lot more open to challenge, well, especially authority. in this area. Yes, you know, in a rural red state. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I've never really thought of that before, and I, I guess I've never thought about how often your job would, uh, like, national politics would affect mm-hmm. your job. You know, that we we had a I tried a a major felony sex crimes case uh, recently here, and we've had the Me Too movement. And so in Vordire, I'm asking these people, you know, do you believe all every single person that says they're a victim of, of sexual assault or just because they say that or or do you demand evidence and, and testimony and things like that? So, right. It's yeah, just one I of those know. things you have to do your due diligence because people people read newspapers, people watch TV, people gather well, in the age that we are Twitter. now with instant information constantly yeah you know information is across the globe in a matter of a millisecond the right yeah. person sends out a tweet and a hashtag gets started is yes. that one of the reasons why i can't carry a cell phone in the in, in inside of the inside of the justice center because you're afraid <laughs> jurors might google something yeah. is that you'll, why that's not why but you'll i know you can because you have your special I, attorney card. i can uh well. first class citizen <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I I try. I to also have my calendar on it, and I cannot function without my calendar. So, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I have my calendar on mine, and they still let me in. I and I have to. I don't go to your courtroom. I go to the stupid voter voter election office. The election I office. Understand. I uh, I accidentally carried my pocket knife in there uh, whenever we were applying for our marriage license. And uh, is that so where I have I, to go? I don't go to the courthouse. I go there because I'm going to need a marriage license office, in every county. Yeah, the clerk's office. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Well, you don't have to go through the metal detectors to go to the clerk's oh, office. Oh. You only have to to go yeah, to you the... Do. You yes, do. you do. To yeah. go to the courthouse? To go in the clerk's office the clerk's of, office. of right. the Justice Center. Oh, okay. Yes. All yeah. right. I was gonna, the county clerk is... Are they over there? 
Yes. I didn't know. Clerk's okay. office. I guess I always go to the auditor system. and the recorder and the commissioner yes. stuff. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. in the old courthouse, yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't go. I, uh, I, I learned something today. I had to take my I'm, pocket knife back to the truck, and then whenever I tried to get through the second time, I went off again because I had steel-toed boots on. And then <laughs> whenever I explained to the police officer, no, I have to wear these for work, he said, but you work for the electric company. Why would you have steel on your feet? Well... That is a good point. <laughs> I don't know. I would send them a tweet right now and ask them, but you took my phone. I just feel a lot better. I feel a lot better now that we're weeding out uh, unsavory individuals from coming into my place of work. Yeah. Man, I feel a lot safer. So we were applying for our marriage license, and I think that I told this story, but Sean, you'll find this humorous. We were applying for our marriage license, and there was a couple in there that was filing for divorce at the same time. Win one, you lose one. <laughs> Circle of life, baby. Yeah. Circle of life. It was hilarious. And then when after we got done, I guess the process for filing for divorce is much longer. Uh, yes, it is. Than filing for marriage. Takes yeah. a few months, yeah. I, I hear. Takes 60 days <laughs> under yeah, any well, law. Well, I even, I'm just talking about time spent in the clerk's no. office, which, because <laughs> they, had to, they had to sit back down, and as we were walking out, they both uh, said congratulations and wished us good luck. <laughs> <laughs> worked out for them. It worked out for you. Didn't for them. Fifty yeah. fifty. Yeah, you never know. You're, you're the ones that are. Whoa, <laughs> Audrey. If you're listening downstairs, I didn't do it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh man. But anyway, how jury about, selection. How, how about we pivot? Very <laughs> <laughs> helping out here. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, we've been uh, we've been tracking stuff in the state house. The uh, uh, we've had different legislators on. Next week we have Tom Saunders scheduled to join us on uh, Wednesday. We're going to spend our Valentine's Day, speaking of getting ourselves in trouble, Dakota, yeah. uh, we're going to spend Valentine's Day with State Representative Saunders. So, Well, we're finally getting our state rep on the show. Yeah, we had Melanie Wright on. We've had uh, Senator Kreider on. Um, so Senate Bill 52 passed, uh, passed out of the Senate 35 to 13. Correct. Uh, that's the one that's dealing with uh, can- CBD oil or uh, cannabis oil. Uh, last year they passed a tiny, tiny improvement where you could have it if Which you registered with a state failure. and it didn't work well, uh, but it was only for epilepsy patients. This time it's going to be no more than 0.3 THC allowed, but anybody can have it at any store, no registry. Yep. Uh, passed 35 to 13. Uh, our senator, Senator Lysing, voted no. Senator Kreider voted no, and 11 others did. I don't know. The, I know I know Senator Lysing. I've talked to her a number of times about this, and I know she has federal concerns um, with anything hemp based at all. Uh, still working on her with that, but um, we're it trying. Did pass, we can. Yep. And uh, I think we're going to see it come across the governor's desk, and we're going to get a signature. So yeah. And then there was uh, the House bill that was uh, twelve fourteen that that dealt with uh, CBD oil and the industrial hemp. Yes. So that ended up passing through the House as well, and that actually passed unanimously. And there was a little bit of a scare for us thinking that it was going to end up on our senator's desk in the committee. Yeah, so we... uh, she'd end up voting it down. Originally, we thought that that was going to end up in front of the the Agriculture Committee. Uh, And she is the chair of that. And with her public opposition to anything hemp-based... Uh, we kind of thought that there was a chance that that could get killed. Yep. Um, I'm wildly looking now to see where it landed, but it wound up in a different uh, different committee. But I, th- I what- think all three of us ended up actually uh, writing her emails. Um, you sent a like your email to our little group chat that we have going. So I wrote an email as the uh, Libertarian Party of Henry County chairman, and then Cade wrote a fantastic email. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about what was in yours? 
Uh, yeah, I just spoke a little bit from a farmer standpoint and looking at the future of what's going on in other states. Um, I th- I think especially with our neighbors in Kentucky, there's just no reason we can't be included in the conversation when it comes to industrial hemp. And I think it would really offer um, a lot of new options for farmers out there to kind of expand their operations. Yeah. Um, I-, I looked and looked and looked, and I can't find anywhere where where they've legalized it, that it's been a bad thing for the state. Yeah. It's been a good, it's been a great thing in every state that they've legalized that in. And I think it just comes down to, um, people educating themselves on it, understanding that industrial hemp is different than weed. It's different than what you're getting high on. Um, you know, it all comes down to, um, the weed is what gives industrial hemp and CBD oil and products like that. It it gives it uh, a different, um, name than what it really ha- than what it really is, and I think once people kind of look into it and educate educate themselves on it, they'll understand um, the differences. Yeah, I I that was one of the uh, things that I saw because because you posted your email publicly on your Facebook page, yeah. so anybody can go read it right now if they mm-hmm. want to. But one of the a lot of the comments that were on it were like, "LOL, Cade's Kush," you know, like I I think that that's still so yeah. prevalent that the people that would even know what Kush is, so the young people, yeah, still are uh, don't really know the difference between what hemp and marijuana. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's there's a lot of confusion surrounding it, and I think that that's, uh, you know, I I actually heard, um, oh man, I I forget who I was listening to. It was a uh, it was a uh, congressman and he said that uh you know like oh i was listening to senator Rand paul whenever he was on the stephen colbert uh, yeah. the late night show and he he ended up saying uh imagine uh he was talking about jeff sessions he said uh, imagine all of the old people that had just got done watching reefer madness for the very first time <laughs> and that is the majority of your legislators that are opposed to marijuana uh, that's what he said in front of the nation, and I thought that was hilarious. I thought it was great. Um, a lot more education needs to happen. Yeah. So a little bit of uh, housekeeping here. I, I have a correction. There are two. There are two bills that are going through the uh, the House dealing with this issue. Uh, Twelve fourteen passed ninety three to nothing, and then eleven thirty seven passed ninety to nothing. Eleven thirty seven is the one that we thought was potentially going to end up in front of the Ag Committee. That is actually now in front of the Commerce and Technology Committee, which uh, Representative Lys- or Senator Lysing does serve on. And then uh, twelve fourteen, uh, that passed. That's the one that passed ninety three to nothing, uh, and it's in front of Corrections and Criminal Law. So both of those are they passed unanimously out of the House. Uh, which in, it, honestly, in Indiana, that is amazing that those yeah. have passed that yeah. well. Again, that was unanimous. Yeah, not a single person voted yes. no on the House side. The Senate. For whatever reason, they had 13 vote no on the uh, on the the the, the oil. Uh, we'll see how they come out, but uh, honestly, big uh, just uh, kudos to the to the Indiana House. That's uh, truly bipartisan when everybody agrees. Um, we can't get cold beer yet, Sean, on Sundays. No, but uh, we've got we've got the at least the medicinal stuff yeah, on I think, the way. I think that the last time that Sean came on the on the show, we talked about how he was a beer aficionado. Yes. I think that I actually wrote that in the show notes. Yes. I remember doing that. Yes. So and, uh, you brought some beer. I, I did. Uh, I am sharing my beer. Uh, so this is. Uh, I'll, I'll try to uh, zoom in on it a little bit for everybody. But uh, this growler actually came from uh, Norris Norris English Pub and Brewery in Liberty, Indiana. They aren't sponsoring us, but uh, but they can for they the right can price if they want to. <laughs> 
that would be fantastic. But they aren't sponsoring us, but they are uh, just a small operation out in Liberty, and I think that they are awesome. Uh, this is probably one of my favorite beers. Excellent beer. It's called the Hop Mama. Yeah. And uh, you go into the place, and it is uh, literally the owner and the brewer is the guy that's serving you the beer, mm-hmm. and his wife and his daughter are the people that are cooking the food in the bag. But they can sell it on a Sunday. They can. Yeah. Breweries, but, uh, production breweries can sell on Sundays. They can sell uh, carry out as well as uh, pints there at their operation, um, which is which is great. And with the craft beer explosion, I, I don't know how much Sunday sales, not that it doesn't matter, um, but what kind of an impact it would have. Right. We don't have a brewer in Henry County, do we? We do not have a brewery nope. in Henry County, Rush County, or... I believe Fayette County. Uh, Sean, I think it's that like we, you. It's like there's a gap wanna, in the market. We can go to Greenfield and get strength. some. I like you the Wooden can. Bear. Wooden Bear is excellent. Yes, Wooden, Wooden Bear, Bear is, is really good. I went to Elm Street over the weekend. Yeah, didn't care for it. Really? Yeah. I loved yeah. it. The atmosphere in Elm Street was phenomenal. The atmosphere was fantastic. You went for a concert, which I would probably yeah. change your opinion well, a little no, bit. But, but the band was really good. The atmosphere was great, but the beer was not very good. I See, had guest. I had guest stuff. I don't think I had any of theirs. I actually had a mead from. Oh, who's the uh, Fountain Square? There's okay. the meadery down there. I don't, okay. I don't know the name off the top of my head now, but uh, I had a mead, and I there, it's yeah. what I, they have is great. I got a flight of four. I got, I got two flights of four, so I tried eight mm-hmm. different beers, and there wasn't a single one where I was like, "Oh, this is fantastic!" Mm-hmm. Like, it was just like craft, maybe you were just in a bad mood. Yeah, I'll, I'll drink it. Craft like, beer, craft beer is difficult to make. It's it's difficult. I mean, it's just a difficult challenge, and and we have a lot of great uh, breweries in Muncie and Delaware County, but um, none, unfortunately, here in our neck of the woods. Yeah, we it's can like, start a, a row. Uh, uh, might be in the County cards down the like. road. <laughs> might be in the cards. You never know. Well, I, I, our friend Jesse Riddle has uh, has tried to start a cidery a few times, mm-hmm. and he's uh, he's not been able to navigate the. Uh, the regulatory hurdles mm-hmm. of finding a facility. It's not easy. You can't just open one up in your uh, – it, it's easier to start a podcast in a, sure. in a guest room <laughs> sure. than it is to start a brewery or a, or a, or a winery or a, a, a cidery. We didn't have to pull any permits from Darren Jacobs for this. No. We probably I, – I, honestly, no. This is mostly just bailing wire and duct tape that put this place together. Uh, no, no permits required, thankfully. No major fixtures moved around. But, I see my, but my, if Darren had a chance to regulate it, our token socials would probably get his his pound of flesh out of it. <laughs> my uh, brother-in-law, David, he's he's watching right now, and he's he's a home brewer. And every time we have like a family function or something, he'll bring out his latest mm-hmm. brew, and we'll try it all. We'll all try it out, and it's it's always been really good. I think he's really he's really doing good with it, and he's wanting to explore some business options later on. So I think there's going to be a lot of guys like that. Coming too with with the latest oh, you know, yeah. craft beer. And, uh, you know the deregulation, the anti protectionism that went uh, that happened to. I think we talked about this last time. We talked about it? yeah. yeah we talked about President uh, Jimmy Carter. Yeah, Jimmy Carter was uh, Jeremiah's uh, ultimate hero, right? That's yeah. right. He's the reason I wear a sweater in the wintertime. <laughs> hey, because <laughs> I have electric heat and I'm cheap. I don't want to give Dakota's employer too much more power. Say what you want about more, more uh, juice, about uh, old, cash, old Jimmy. But he uh, he brought us a craft beer. Yes, and I appreciate that. Yes, and I I, I look forward to homebrewing myself. So it's it's just a great hobby. It's it's a great thing for people to get into and share with friends and maybe have a club or something like that. Or could you give us maybe your top three of like local? Local brews you got that you like? Local beers that I like. Mm, that's difficult because I like I like. Some, yeah. Um, 
the ones I go to a lot, I, I would just say the ones I frequent the most um, for like carry out craft growlers mm-hmm. uh, would be New Corner in Muncie. It's on Cowan Road. Great, great beers there. Uh, Sean Brady is the head brewer there. Super nice guy. Uh, I think he's in the National Guard. He spent some time here in Newcastle at the Newcastle Armory. Back when it was uh, before it was a dance hall. Before it was before it's where I'm going to take my daughter here on Saturday for the <laughs> is it the father daughter dance? Yes, yes, go to that. Um, That's another really cool event, by the way. I've seen is. pictures of that, and it was it got too big for Memorial Park. They used yes. to have it at the Smith Building, and now it's been at the Armory the last couple of years. And it's I see lots and lots of guys my age with kids now. Uh, it, sorry, mom, we're working on it. At some point, we're going to get married. In July. We'll have kids. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll have grandkids eventually. It's very well attended. Yeah, yeah. Um, Guardian Brewery in uh, in Muncie. They have a great tap room. Um, yeah. That's a great place to hang out. Um, and then maybe one off the board. I don't know. I, I went to Big Lug Canteen one time, and I really enjoyed their beer. That was in uh, the Nora uh, Whole Foods crunchy area yeah. of, uh, <laughs> of Indianapolis. Um, we, but, I mean, it's just pretty much everywhere. I mean, it's great yeah. beers everywhere. That's the yeah. great thing about it. Yeah, we like going uh, Chili Water down in Fountain Square. Yeah, area. I haven't been there, but I've heard great things. It's a good spot. Yeah. Uh, Wooden Bear, obviously, we talked about that a little bit. There's the stuff. And then... Uh, Honestly, I, I really do like uh, there in Irvington at uh, at Blackacre, mm-hmm. uh, their stuff. And then um, Scotty's. I know it's kind of a yeah. chain now at this point, but uh, yeah. their Blackberry uh, blackberry Wheat, I think it yeah. is, that they, they have. they got that Golden Zoe IPA that is just really smooth, easy mm-hmm. to drink. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. The Blackacre people, they uh, they went to my law school. Did they? And they didn't uh-huh. want to do what I do, so they <laughs> they 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 wisened up and they they were like, "We're going to go make beer." Well, so they're really the they're really the winners tonight. So, well, there's some opportunities in Henry County if you want to start a brewery yes. either on the National Road in uh, in Knightstown yep. or Broad Street in Newcastle. When uh, you know we've got some some businesses that are going to open up. There's a a real fancy park, the uh, the Maybe. Aaron the Aaron Dickin Park that's going to open up across 14th <laughs> Street if it's ever opened. Uh, there's uh there, there legitimately are opportunities for yes. uh, for that kind of oh, a thing yeah, to go yes. in there and be very successful. Because I know Sean would be in there about four days a week. I might be the one running it. Hey, <laughs> you never know. I might get this law <laughs> thing up. If Sean Bash Crider quit practicing, we're going to run out of young attorneys in this town oh, if you goodness. go do that. Let's not, let's not, let's not bring him up. <laughs> no, he's a very he's a very, very good friend of mine. So, yep. So uh, anyway, Senate Bill One and House Bill fifteen oh one both dealt with the uh, Sunday sales. Um. They both passed. Now we're waiting on uh, Governor Holcomb to finally sign. But he ended up, uh, I think last year in the debates, he actually agreed with Rex Bell whenever he said that anything legal on a Saturday should be legal on a Sunday. So uh, I don't. we're not going to have a problem with there. It's, it's going to be awesome. Um, however, it's only going to allow sales from noon to 8 p.m. Any other day you can buy it starting 7 a.m. to 3 a.m., which are, is weird. If you buy it after 8, you're a sinner, man. It's yep. Sunday. I guess uh, before noon, you're supposed to be in church. What are you out doing buying beer? <laughs> I think what this was mentioned though, it's it's protectionism. It's just yeah. making sure that my overhead for this day is going to be eight hours. Yep, it's going to be one yeah. shift. Kroger, That's all I have to Kroger and Walmart, they're pretty much twenty four hours. Yep. So yep. it's it uh, is yeah. what it is. I'm I mean, sorry, Sean. You're in Newcastle. We yes. say Kroger's. Kroger's. <laughs> Kroger's. With He's S. from Upland. He doesn't know about Upland. Upland. <laughs> We say Kroger's, we say Aldi's, we say the Walmart. <laughs> I say the McDonald's just for the McDonald's, just for just the, for the sport the of it. Um, I really don't mean it. I'm from New York, and I have uh, 
I have I have learning, so I'm, were, it's not really my real problem. Were you guys surprised like I was because I thought that cold beer would pass before Sunday sales? Yeah, I I, 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 agree I with thought that. that was just. It that seemed totally easier, seemed flip flop, and me. that's yeah. that's what got the you know the the folks at Rickers selling the cold beer out of their Mexican restaurant uh, in a you know uh, yeah. that kind of got the conversation started, and poor Jay got hosed. He's got two beautiful restaurants that that were selling cold beer whenever he wanted to. Uh, his his stunt or his uh, his work and pointing out the flaw of the system is what got us to this point. And unfortunately, yep. he he didn't spend enough money with the legislators to get uh, to get his thing passed uh honestly i think this is try- what they're trying is for is an inoculation mm-hmm. where you're gonna have the sunday sales at temperature at room temperature only although yep. i did do some googling and you can get yeah, a 12 ounce ca- a can cooler that'll uh ounce. that'll cool your uh, can in about 60 seconds for 20 bucks yep that should be sold in every walmart everywhere they should be sold uh in yeah in a well, cup hold, in a cup holder variety, so you can yeah. cool it in the car, so that by the time you get home, it's cold. Yeah, well, they they should sell it in every Walmart in Indiana because we are the only temperature regulated state in the United States. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the other people are doing. I feel like Indiana with this cold beer issue is kind of like how Oklahoma was whenever they found out they had to pump their own gas. Now, Oregon, Oregon, Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. yeah. What did I say? <laughs> Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma no. where you don't Oregon. have to pump your own yes. gas. I don't know. Did you guys all see that? Yeah, I did. That was hilarious. Yeah. That was that. That made a lot of nice memes there for oh, about yeah. a week. It did. It did. That was an A plus meme that by was, everybody. There was another protectionist. Everybody involved. Reasoning is just we want to. These people have jobs, and we want to protect their jobs. Yeah. And just and, like just like this legislation and, uh, trying to fight. People thought, uh, you know, no, this is for the safety of the people. You know, this is uh, it's too dangerous for me to get out and pump our own gas. Just like if you listen to, uh, you know some old-time conservatives here in indiana it's no they do it for religious reasons you know that that that's not the case Uh, and that i think that people have woken up to that over the past few years and that's why we're seeing it now so did you guys follow some of the discussion uh, or the notes related to um the cold beer sales because some of the reasonings behind the people not supporting it was just so hilariously bad it was just like we're bending the rules of reasoning and logic to to be opposed to this. There, there's no reason to. It, it, it go go ahead with well, your, it. Was your, like, it was like you know uh, we can't sell cold beer in a in a gas station because somebody's going to go out to their car and just crack it open. Yeah, and just start drinking and driving. Especially like, in a single, we can sell a six pack, singles, but we yeah. can't sell one beer. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's just it's just incredible the, the you, reasoning and logic. Have you guys ever that. been in a liquor store and watched a guy buy one single cold can of beer and then just walk out with it? I don't know. I, I have. have. I have. I, I, I might I, have, but I don't. I've seen that I happen. Paid attention. And I, it's yeah, like, I don't pay that much attention. Yeah. That's really strange because it, I mean, you definitely know that guy's going yeah. out there to shotgun that beer in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's doing. See now, now you're, you're giving credence to the protectionists. <laughs> that's normal. I mean, they can do it right now in the that's liquor store. That's normally Mad Dog 2020, isn't it? What's that? Isn't isn't that Mad, Mad Dog. dog? Mad dog. <laughs> I I have bought the the large cans of like uh, Milwaukee's Best mm-hmm. Ice. Or those they have way too much alcohol in them for any one human to consume. It's it's bad. I think I took one of those to one of your parties. Probably did. Yeah. Bad mistake. Do not get. It, it's just gross. It tastes bad. Cheap beer is gross. Yeah, and well, it's not even like it's that cheap. It's still like five dollars for okay. the whole can. So like, what? Just buy something good and 
drink something that tastes good. Like that stuff is disgusting. In the nearly a year that we've had this show, I've really enjoyed Dakota going from beer to beer to beer, and, and his yeah. tour, his tour of, of being able to consume beer legally mm. or uh, <clears throat> purchase it on his own, go to the it's store like and pick it, pick it off the shelf, and it's been and, an evolution of a beer drinker. He's gone oh, yeah. from PBR to to the IPAs now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> see, I hated I I hated IPAs. I, well, at least I thought I was like one of those people that's never tried a food, but they yeah. are intense that they hate it. That's how I was with IPAs. I only like like light beers, like mm. like you said, PBR. Yeah, I, PBR was my go-to for a really long time, and then Heineken. You drink the Heineken, Stella, yeah, and then and your then, Mini Kings. Oh, I still love Mini Kings or Little yeah. Kings, and then your Mini yeah, Beers that you, that you have at the at the dive bars. Yeah, the Mini Beers are a shot though. That's yeah. a little bit different. Yeah, but you sip them with your pinky up. It's very weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope I make everybody feel uncomfortable. But, you, uh, you do. You certainly do me. Well, good. Uh, I went to Three Wiseman and I tried their Golden Zoe, and I was like, "I'm gonna eat this. It's an IPA," and I loved it. Yeah, I've been it. drinking IPAs ever since. Yeah, my my breakthrough was with uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, and it, anything from uh, Sam Adams yeah. was was kind of my breakthrough. But oh yeah, you guys seem to have your your finger on the pulse of the legislature. We try. We more, have, more so than I do. We have tried to stay plugged in this year. We, we like content. Anything for content. And we figured out that there was going to be a legislative session, so we have dug in deep. What are the odds <laughs> that cold beer passes next session? Probably not next session. I think it's probably mm-hmm. going to take a cycle or two more for mm-hmm. people to be like, why in the hell don't we have it yet? That said, I didn't think CBD oil would get done this fast, mm-hmm. but they failed so badly in implementing it because they tried to put so many restrictions on Everybody thought CBD oil was legal, and then all of a sudden the registries weren't set up, and you couldn't do it. But this, the cold beer thing, if people actually demand it and say, what the hell, I thought you fixed this, and there's a revolt, then mm-hmm. maybe that will happen. But candidates are actually going to have to make it up, make the races about that this year, saying, you know, once we get to July, the law changes, and if people say, I thought I had cold beer, and now I can only buy warm beer on Sundays, and I want to buy it at... 10 o'clock in the morning and I'm pissed off, then maybe it'll change, but there's going to have to be a groundswell support from July to November to make that happen. I don't think it's going to go there, but it, it could. Okay. Could. What do you think, Cade? Yeah, I think, I hope it comes sooner than later, but I think it's going to take a few sessions to get back around to it. People are going to have to see how this goes if when it gets signed, and then it's going to keep people talking, like, why don't we have, why can't we get it cold now, now that we can get it on Sundays? Yeah. We had uh, Brad Kloffenstein on uh, back, I don't know, two months ago or so, right before the, the General Assembly started. And he was the head of the Tavern League in Indiana- Indianapolis. Uh, and he had written a position piece probably three to four years ago saying that this is exactly what they should do as an inoculation. And I think that's what it's going to try to serve as, where these, you know, these different trade groups cut a deal, told the legislators what they can live with. And then they're going to try to go by and just see if the, the limited Sunday sales are enough to to keep us from wanting any more freedom. Next thing we're doing is we're coming for car sales, man. I want to be able to buy yeah, a car on a Sunday. Car Why can't I, I don't have to Sunday. plan that much. I want to spend thirty grand on a pickup truck that I don't need on a Sunday. Why can't I do that? This is re- because God. That's why. <laughs> because God. You should be in church, not worrying about your trucks and your beer. What if I go to Ohio and buy my car, and the state loses out on all that sales tax? Well, we're not going to talk about that. They'll Jeremiah. get you on the other end. Yeah, <laughs> sure, they'll try. <laughs> they'll try. <laughs> when is the last time you had to defend somebody for uh, for not paying their use taxes? I'm not that kind of attorney. <laughs> <laughs> when is the last time you heard about anybody getting charged for dipping out on their use taxes? 
it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Everybody but, jokes yeah. about it. Yeah. And you have you went through and I I did my taxes. I filled them out my form. Yep. Did you buy anything out of state that you weren't taxed on? No, I don't have the internet. I didn't buy anything. Click. No, <laughs> of course not. And everybody's honest about it. The legislators that are responsible for that law say no to that one. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So anyway, I've never said no. I always am very truthful. With and you taxes. keep all of your receipts, all year long, all and your Amazons, you total them. Yeah. And all your yes. yeah, your your new egg. I print them all out. I print them all out. It's uh, you know you should see Audrey's office in there. It's a bloody mess. It's full of internet purchases. Yes. Receipts everywhere. It's horrible, horrid. All right, let's talk about the Super Bowl, Jer. We're going to so, get into this. So, um, I was watching the Super Bowl, thinking. I Josh McDaniels is going to be our coach by Monday morning. It's going to be fine. Uh, if the New England wins, I'm going to be okay. I don't have to hate him that much. He's going to come to Indianapolis. And then, uh, yeah, we Josh McDaniels just totally stood up the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> so looking back now, I am even more thrilled, Sean, that the Patriots lost, lost the Super Bowl. Screw them. They can't beat the NFC East. Yeah, it, it was... Uh... Man, Foles just played just the perfect game. I mean, I, I could not have imagined a better scenario for him. And everybody was talking about how the Eagles' defensive line had to get sacks on Brady and pressure him. The, the only sack they got was at the very end of the game. It was just yeah. incredible. There was one punch in the game. Brady threw four for 500 it great, yards. It was a great television game for the for the non-hardcore fans. Yeah. It was very easy That's, to watch. It was what the Super Bowl should be. We yes. had, it was I a had game. so much fun. NFL provided so many fun memes, and that's the way the internet works mm-hmm. now, and the world works, and the way you know content Jer works. I watch just for the content in, in, in a lot of ways, whether it's the, you know, Tom Brady, they're trying to throw a pass to Tom Brady, mm-hmm. and it falls through his hands, and then, you know, they lose the game, and it turns into the the Super Bowl, the, the Vince Lombardi trophy falling through, <laughs> falling through the hands of Tom Brady. I shared that one on Facebook. Uh, it's halftime with uh, Timberlake singing and the, the you know the 15 year old kid trying to do a selfie, but he can't get his phone to launch. So it looks like he's googling who the hell is Justin Timberlake. Yeah, that was great. Um, so the, but that's that's kind of the the thing, the deal. Whenever it comes to the Super Bowl, is uh, especially the halftime show, like the the halftime show and the commercials. You said that that game was good for people who don't watch the Super Bowl or watch football. That's pretty much the point of. Of the halftime show and of the commercials is to get people like me who don't watch sports to watch the Super Bowl. Because 50, you know, 50 million probably, people watch the Super Bowl. Hey, you know, you're probably million. gonna they're probably gonna be in there uh, with their family. You know, it doesn't matter. They're probably gonna be in there with their family, and the halftime show. I mean, does anybody like absolutely just love the halftime show? Do the like, because sure I, some people do. I just uh, I'm just, just not one of them. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know I liked I liked I mean, Tom Petty. I, I liked when ever. Paul McCartney did. Prince, uh, summer, yeah, Prince. Eh, Prince. I was never a Prince guy. Prince during the the Colts uh, yeah. Super Bowl though. Yeah. Rain, yeah. Cir- rain. Circus delay was terrible. Yeah, I yeah. was in such a good mood when the Colts played in the Super Bowl. I don't care who played in that one. <laughs> the Who was the Who was amazing to me. So my top ones were probably the Who, Paul McCartney, and uh, and Tom Petty was the ultimate. Mm-hmm. Um, if Garth Brooks ever played it, that would be at the top of my list. But otherwise, yes. you know, those were those guys were fantastic. Brantley Spicer said that he watched the Puppy Bowl, and I forgot about you it. You forgot just now. Like I've, I've always watched the Puppy Bowl. I gotta that go is, on YouTube and yeah, that's what happens when you live on your own. You're a grown ass man now, and you have to watch. You can't have your mom tune into the Puppy Bowl for you. You got to uh, do it yourself. I I watched the Puppy Bowl here last year. 
I, the, I don't know. The, the if you had attended the Super Bowl party that I threw for you, you could have. Uh, we would have watched it. Well, if I had attended the Super Bowl party, we wouldn't have a door on the studio, <laughs> and the audio for the meeting on Monday would have been much worse. We're fighting like a married couple, Kate. I don't <laughs> yes. know. How, I don't know what to do about it. We need therapy. But, but on the other end, you could have won a lot of prop bets. That's and, true. And yeah. watched a lot of uh, high-scoring football. I mean, that's, that's what. Uh, my kids and my wife got really into the game because it was just up and down the field, and people were throwing crazy passes, and it was. See, just, that would have been cool to watch. That would have been it, fine. Like, yeah, but I, I just never been into sports. It's, it's okay. And in the start of the third quarter, Boss Hog Liberty guest from episode twenty-two, I believe. Yes, Jonathan Lamb ran a commercial. <laughs> uh, promoting Lamb. his campaign. That was impressive. That was impressive. Uh, it's kind of like a super trooper's meow. Yeah, yeah. He went. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jonathan Lamb went from uh, nobody I, had ever yeah. heard of him. Yeah, you, you yeah. said you said the other day the Jonathan Lamb story is uh, from a spare bedroom north of Q Avenue to the Super Bowl commercials. That's it. We the started Jonathan him. We Lamb provided story. him the the launching pad where he went from doing episode twenty two of the Boss Hog of Liberty. To outraise, allegedly outraising. He, he granted he's put his own money in, but he has put his money in. He's put in over half a million dollars into this race for District Six, running against Greg Pence, and uh, yep. he's got a legitimate shot. Of, he's on television. He was on WIBC today with Rob Kendall. I heard on the sidebar that he was talking to Rob Kendall about his time. No, this is not a joke. This is not any BS. He literally told Rob. He enjoyed doing the Boss Hog Liberty yes. podcast. Yeah. So I want to remind Greg Pence's people that as you're watching this, uh, the door is open <laughs> to you, but you do need to come on. We've been talking about the Super Bowl, and prevent defense isn't going to win the election, so you do have to start talking to some folks. Please. I would, I would we, also we, like to point out to um, Greg York that uh, you're the mayor of Newcastle, and we had a congressional, we've had a lot of congressional. Uh, candidates come in lane seekman's been on the show yeah. jonathan lamb's been on the show no i, I told the uh the, i told uh senator Kreider. i i told um councilman lamar the secretary no or the assistant to the to the mayor of newcastle kendra assistant to the regional mayor yeah <laughs> not assistant mayor assistant to but i told kendra uh, you know if he if if he's nervous that we're going to disagree with him on a lot of things, then listen to the Lane Seekman or any of the Darren Jacobs episodes. Well, Cade has been working on a uh, a, a guest as well. There's a there's a gentleman uh, running in District 40. I don't know what the district is. The State Senate District, whatever the State Senate District is, that's the northern part of Henry County that Nate was looking at running for. You've got some sort of relationship with, is it Dave Ring? Is that the fellow's yeah. name? Yep. So we're going to try to have Dave on in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots and lots of guests that we're talking talking to, talking about, looking at uh, looking at having on. Uh, next week we do have uh, Representative uh, Saunders coming on, and then it'll be a double week. We're still scheduled to have Robin Miller on, the racing journalist, former sports uh, sports writer for the Indy Star. He'll be on the show on Thursday. Yep. Uh, following week we've got Steve Horwitz of Ball State, noted economist. Two show guests in a row that have their own Wikipedia pages. You can literally Google these people. They're authors. They're published. They are far beyond what we've got this week. Well, I mean, if you just guys just wait just like an hour, I'll, I'll have a Wikipedia, have a Wikipedia page. page. <laughs> give, me, give me just about an hour after Your the show. will be appeared on two episodes of yes. Boss Hogger Liberty with yes. Jeremiah Morley, Coder Sorry. Davis, and Cade Coger. Yeah, that's, that's cool. exactly right. And you're going to uh, use the picture we post tonight as, your, as your official photo? Without a doubt. Do you have? Do you defense attorneys have like trading cards and like your record, your win loss record in court? <laughs> Most defense attorneys don't keep track because defense like attorneys a... aren't supposed to win very it's often. Like, <laughs> it's like being a baseball player where you a two fifty is a really good average. Yes, 
it's that sort of thing. Yeah. Where it's like, I, I used to keep track when I was a younger man, <laughs> um, but I've since lost track. You're going to so. be like the Jim Boyles of Henry County. You're the guy. You're my guy at this well, point. Well, I mean. Got that money in your pocket. Yeah. I mean, if I could be compared to Jim Boyles, I'd be okay with that. Do you know who Jim Boyles is? Anybody on the left side of the room? No. No. When Tony Stewart accidentally killed a guy? That's what he called. He's represented a lot of Pacers. I think he represented Mike Tyson. He did represent Mike Tyson so, back in the early 90s. Very nice guy. Very Somebody that is very light, well-liked by, you know, court staff and people. And people have this image of attorneys. I'm going to come in. I'm going to breathe fire. I'm going to eat you alive. The, peop- the, the nice guys are the ones that get the get the good offers and, and do well with juries and, and things like that. I, I, if, if I ever got in trouble like that, my first call would be to Robert Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> Is he still alive? I thought he was doing legal Zoom commercials for a while. So I, think that's I don't know if Robert Shapiro is still alive. I don't know about uh, – but you really did take in that uh, – F. Lee Bailey. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Jackie, been I've literally watched Jackie, it. Like, Jackie Childs. Like <laughs> I tell you to put the cheese on it? Who put the cheese on it? I, I love that. I love that whole entire miniseries. I wish I'd been alive. Like, uh, <laughs> I wish I'd been there to witness like the Bronco chase and everything about I the rem- OJ I remember trial. the Bronco chase because it interrupted the, uh, the NBA, NBA finals. finals. Yeah. And I was old enough to kind of be like, See, they even where's the basketball that. game? They even showed it was that. Like, that was like the biggest day in sports there's a whole espn 30 for 30 i think yes, based upon is. that day exactly in sports right. i love that because the, the nba finals were happening al cowlings and oj simpson yeah. were out running the cops i think maybe it was june i think maybe the tour de france was going on and maybe there were there were like three or four mm-hmm. major events happening that day uh yeah that's a great if you have netflix i think it's on netflix or amazon prime or one of those uh go look up the uh that the, that day in history it's like june 10th 1994 or somewhere yeah, in that I can't remember. Anyway, I was. It's the same year, but Lady Di died. It was a rough year. It's crazy. Uh, it was ninety four, ninety six. I don't know. Whatever. Very. I was. I was ten, thirteen. I would guess ninety six. Yeah, I mean ninety six probably a good number. Maybe. Okay. Pretty close. Anyway, so well, yeah, we're moving on. Does, does, does the Super Bowl matter? The Super Bowl doesn't. Well, okay. There's a there's a couple reasons. <laughs> I don't I don't want to get down too far down into this rabbit hole. Uh, we're here I've now. Been thinking about it, we're mucking around in because it. I still really want to cover the SpaceX uh, Falcon Heavy launch. But uh, the Super Bowl matters. It does matter uh, quite a bit for a few different cultural reasons. Uh, you know, breaking it down into uh, the way that our society works, the way that so- that human society has always worked with it whenever it comes to sporting events, you know, going back to Roman Colosseums whenever we would throw prisoners in there with uh, lions. Um, it, so coming together to to witness a spectacle like that has always been a, a really big deal um, for societies just based on the fact that it's it's something that people can put aside differences you can you can put aside all the polarizing politics that have been happening. You can put aside the different arguments that you've had with your family, and sit down and watch a game where people just—it's simple. They run the ball from one end to the other, and that's it. Like you don't have to do much thinking. So it's very important in that sense. But then at the same time, it's not important at all. Because it, you, it, the entire country can unite around hating Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and that snake Josh McDaniels. Yes. <laughs> Ever, I see. I don't even watch sports, and I know like Bill Belichick. I just hate him. Like it, because as an American, it's what I'm supposed to do. So in uh, in 2000, Bill Belichick was named the head coach of the New York Jets. 
In 97, he was hired as the head coach of the Jets, and he served for a week, and then they hired Bill Parcells away from the Jets. Replaced him. He stayed on the staff, and he served under Bill Parcells for three years. Parcells quit the Jets, and they named Belichick the head coach. He was having his introductory press conference the next day. He writes a letter that says, I resign as HC New York Jets. Submits. He was the head coach of the Jets for 12 hours, and now he's... <laughs> snake of an assistant <laughs> takes the job with the Colts, hires these guys. They're under contract with the Colts. These guys have all sold their houses, moved to Indianapolis. He accepts the job and he's literally cleaning out his desk and changes his mind and says, nope, I'm not coming. Just That is that is worse than being a defense attorney. I was not really high on McDaniels. No. I, I think I, I didn't really it didn't really break my heart as much as it was just just to, it's, you know, he's he coming, whatever. Yeah. Is what, he is what he is. He's what we thought he was. Like the Dennis Green. <laughs> we thought they, <laughs> they were. They are who we they were. The late Dennis Green. Uh, R.A.P. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. <sighs> Sad. Sad day. Old Vikings coach and Cardinals coach. Uh, but uh, maybe Frank Reich, maybe Les, uh, the, the, the guy that's the defense coordinator in, uh, in, uh, in Buffalo now, uh, he he was on the list interview. Dan Campbell, who was a tight end for the Giants, and now he's with the Saints. I want to say this on camera. I want Frank Reich to coach the Colts. I, I see. I think it's cool. He's everybody's backup. Somebody made that point yesterday. He was the Dakota. Bear with us just for half a second. I know this is killing you. He was the backup for uh, from Maryland football. He has no idea. Back <laughs> back when I was a kid, he was the football uh, uh, the backup quarterback to Boomer Esiason in, in Maryland. <laughs> he he did nothing. Uh, he he never got to play hard. He was like Tom Brady. Barely ever played. He was the backup quarterback for like a decade in mm-hmm. Buffalo for, to Jim mm-hmm. Kelly. He had the greatest comeback in, in the history of football at the time in the early 90s to uh, to advance the uh, the Bills past the Oilers. So he's used to being the mm-hmm. second choice. Mm-hmm. If he's the second choice here, but he comes in to win, hey, and he's we'll familiar, take it. He's familiar with the organization. He used to be quarterback's coach. And he's coached Carson Wentz to that offense before Wentz got hurt, was phenomenal. And then Foles turns into Joe Montana out there. Just dropping dimes and just putting into the basket. It was just, it was just an incredible performance to watch. So he took Napoleon Dynamite to a Super Bowl victory. He took, yeah, Sweet, sweet D from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Whatever you, yes, um, yeah, shut he, up, Bird. Shut up. <laughs> um, so yeah, how could you not go for a guy? You like got the that? Super Bowl victory party today. Yeah, I'm sure they've burnt down the city of Philadelphia. My cousin Megan Hope, will let us know. Hopefully so. Uh, and then uh, tomorrow the he's videos. interviewing in Indy. I saw the videos of those guys that like, um, and I listened to the. I like I say all the time. I listen to Ben Shapiro's show every day, and he had the the clips of the guys that he climbed up onto uh, a bunch of different balconies and awnings and ripped them down. Had uh, there was one dude who actually uh, ate a, a horse yes. dung. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And like that was the, that was the greatest thing on Shapiro's show because he started playing it and you know his assistants do everything like that off the camera for him like we said we're not at that level yet but uh he uh he's sitting there and he's like so this is a man and he's eating horse poop and then the clip comes up and like right before the man puts his face in the horse crap uh, Shapiro's like okay okay we don't need to see this and then all of a sudden it happens and he just screams off off there. <laughs> Ah, that's disgusting. I didn't need to see that. All right. So your uh your man crush, Elon Musk, Dakota. Uh, he uh I'm convinced that Elon Musk is actually Iron Man. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he runs uh he started making bajillions of dollars with PayPal, X dot com and PayPal. 
and then uh, he started Tesla, he started SpaceX, so he combined those two together and made the news in the most ridiculous way possible this last this last week. I don't know if it was a ridiculous way. I think it was an amazing way. Uh, it's uh, ridiculously amazing. I think is the the way you'd put I it. I think that I think that Elon Musk is the embodiment of great American capitalism. So he took a uh, a hundred and ten hundred and twenty thousand dollar brand new Tesla Roadster convertible. Uh, no, it was a, it was actually his Tesla his Roadster. personal one. It still yes. looked damn new, damn new to me yeah. in the in the pictures. Convertible, strapped a dummy in it, put a spacesuit on him. Correct. They made it the payload for this for the rocket, Falcon heavy, the, yeah. the Falcon Heavy rocket system. It's got like three different booster engines. Oh yeah, it was, and it's, it's almost all the, reusable. Yeah, it's got the two different the two different boosters on the side that you see all the time on rockets. But this is actually, um, I have here on the show notes that it's the largest rocket ever launched by a private company. But this is actually. The largest rocket ever launched. Period. Like that. Bigger than the Saturn V? Like, yeah, this is the largest rocket that we have ever put into space. Um, so I have some of the specs on here, some like a, like a few different facts that if, if you want to sound really cool whenever you're talking to your friends tomorrow about the Falcon Heavy, then you can point out these facts like, hey, you know, I, I know this thing. But, uh, the, the Falcon Heavy, um, was powered by 27 different Merlin engines. And the Merlin engines are what uh, are kind of the standard in uh, in sending things into space. That's what we use the Merlin engine, which is pretty cool. We, yeah, because you're on the team. Yes, you know, I'm one <laughs> team of the America, world police. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Matt Damon. Have you seen the uh, the 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 infographic that somebody made? Uh, Countries with cars in space, and it's the entire world, and then the United States is <laughs> filled in. And that's it. <laughs> I love that. But yeah. no, he... that's capitalism at its finest, right oh, there. Oh yeah, so this, suck at NASA. This thing is so big that, uh, like I said, the twenty-seven Merlin engines. But that's you know we we know that, uh, that Tesla has been sending things up into space as a private company for a long time, since like two thousand four, and uh, they've been using the Falcon Nine. And uh, twenty-seven is actually three times the amount of what they put on the Falcon Nine. So the next part is that so it shoots up, shoots up, goes. And then for the last couple of cycles, I guess, maybe maybe a year ago they did it the first time successfully, the two smaller rockets go up into space, yep. and then they drop back down and, like, GPS land on a, on a landing yeah. pad at Canaveral simultaneously next to each other. Yep. In, it's just that the most thing. ridiculous that, that fashion possible. That was probably possible. the coolest part of yeah, that whole were watching, me, watching If you were watching the video, it yeah. looked like you had just watched it happen in reverse. Yeah. yeah. It was how yeah. synchronized it was. It was pretty cool. I, I just shared a video earlier on my Facebook. So if you're if you're listening and want to go to, the, go to that and scroll down a little bit, there's an awesome video of some people that were just watching. And they got really good footage of that coming back down and landing perfectly. And then Musk is like, Musk really was like, dudes, this may or may not work. Like, (laughs) I I don't know. We're going to try. That that part's become somewhat routine. The other, the main, the big rocket that went up also was supposed to try to land in a, uh, on a platform out on the ocean. Yeah. I guess it missed by about a thousand feet, 300 meters or so. So three football fields, Dakota, if you know what an American football field is roughly. Uh, About three football fields would have missed by. So it missed by, you know, missed it by that much, whatever. Um, Can you give me a good Maxwell Smart? No, no. Right. <laughs> these guys aren't going to know who Maxwell Smart try. is. Uh, anyway, uh, somebody's doing it for me in the car. But uh, yeah, anyway, 
Yeah, it was just crazy. It was, it, it, it was it's so innovation, cool. and it's not public. It's privately done. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess that uh, the uh, the Falcon nines cost like sixty sixty four to sixty six million dollars to launch, and uh, because these because these rocket boosters are actually reusable, they're able to be reused. This is only going to cost like thirty million more dollars. Each time he wants to launch a Falcon Heavy, which I mean, I know it, you know that's a lot of money for people who don't have millions and millions of dollars. But uh, whenever you're talking about space travel, and, it, and he's sending this thing up so that we can eventually get to space, like the Falcon Heavy isn't only made to just carry like large satellites. It's eventually like the whole proposed plan is to eventually take people to Mars with it. I get. NASA is saying that they can't that they have lost the technology that sent us to the moon the first time and they can't get us back to the moon which conspiracy theorists are having a heyday with that but whatever <laughs> and uh but now Elon Musk is uh, taking us to Mars like that that is insane and there's going to be so much data to come from this I I don't know I just think it's awesome it's it can take up um 141,000 pounds of weight a payload with it that is uh, basically two semis, two truckloads. Yep, that's huge. Full truckloads, not not like what you can carry, but yeah. the entire like fully loaded semi. Two of my semis, two of your grain trucks, yes. and loaded them with corn. Yeah, that's basically that's what he's sending up. What there. they sent up. There. Can you imagine the power it takes to launch incre- that into that's space? Incredible, and how fast it was going too. Like yeah. uh, the whole thing just blew my mind. Like uh, I just love it. All right. So uh, one more thing we wanted to get into a little bit. We've been uh, we've been watching the local county races and the, the stuff in our area here. Uh, this show kind of has a Henry County, Indiana focus because honestly, let's be let's, let's be let's just just those are the guests that we can get. Sometimes we can get Indianapolis guy, but we're you know we are an inspiration. We cover our local politics, the things we can get a hold of. That's what we super serve. We obviously cover the sports. We cover the Indianapolis stuff. We can cover the federal stuff, but we super serve the local and. Uh, Everybody has the things we talk about here happen in your community too. Whether you're listening in Newcastle, Indiana, or Newcastle, Pennsylvania, or Newcastle, Delaware, you have a city council too, a county council, a parish council if you're in Louisiana or whatever the hell they have. I don't know. In Louisiana, you probably have your own bayou rules. I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we've been watching the uh, the local Down races. The there are uh, people filing right now, Sean. I don't see your name on here yet. No, you've got until noon tomorrow to file if you're going to be in one of the old party part, uh, primaries. Not going to happen. But if you're a libertarian, if you're a libertarian, we got until uh, June 15th to get you worked out. Not going to happen this cycle for me, but thank you. <laughs> so we'll put that out there. Locally, that's that's just like when a presidential candidate, uh, Cade, they always say, no, I'm not running. I'm not running until they're running. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> just saying. Everybody has to interview for their job. Everybody should have to interview for their job, Sean. You know, and right I'm, now I'm looking. There's only one guy running for prosecuting attorney in Henry County. That's right. And uh, that's right. Uh, Judge McCord and Judge Crane have no opposition of any sort. That's correct. They're right not going to have any for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying there's only one attorney in the room. I can't run for those. I'm thinking about running for an office myself, but uh, I can't run for those. You've got to have you got to be able to get in the uh, the justice Sean, center with Sean the uh, with, with your phone. On, Sean has to focus on his on his brewing career. It's true. And and and, and quite sincerely, though, the elected prosecutor, Mr. Burgess. Uh, well, the two judges. He's running. the recently elected prosecutor. Let's be honest. He didn't. You know, he's he's been elected. <laughs> he now had an election has. cycle. Uh, <laughs> all those people, I I really enjoy working with, and uh, I think they do a great job. Right. But honestly, okay. So the, I want to start with this. 
everybody that's running for office is doing a service to the community. Yes. Every one of these names yes. on here, they're – as we're having these elections, some of these may get nastier than others, but just because somebody is running for office against somebody doesn't mean you have a problem with them. Wednesday night of next week, Tom Saunders is going to sit in that chair, and in 2012, I ran against Tom. My sign's right up there. Right. Doesn't mean I had a problem with Tom. Correct. It means that I was the only opposition to Tom providing a choice to the voters, and I think it made me a better person. I think it made Tom a better person. It gave more service. It gave the voters a choice in November. There have been elections locally in Rush County and even here. Uh, it, it, Rush County literally canceled a city election mm-hmm. last cycle because nobody ran for office against the incumbents. That doesn't work. No. People have to run for office. Even if you just simply go and you attend forums and you talk, you need to run for office. It, it, not you specifically, but just preaching to the people that are listening. If you think you have the skill set to do the job, it's a service thing. It's that Catholic guilt thing I was talking mm-hmm. about earlier. Mm-hmm. It's a legitimate thing that you you help your community by running. And even the incumbent who you may – you know, I, I lost 80 to 20 last time, 80 percent to 20 percent. I knew I didn't have a chance in hell of winning the last election. But I ran because it meant that Dick Bouslog had to interview for his job. Mm-hmm. That's the way it works. So that's that's my – the start of this. Um, but looking at it right now, obviously, we've had a number of the candidates on for U.S. Congress. Um, that race uh, – We'll see. Uh, we'll see who makes the ballot, who doesn't make it. But uh, those are uh, those those are pretty well published. We talked about Jonathan Lamb and uh, Mackenzie's had his people on, and we've had Lane Seekman on, and Jim Pruitt's running for as a Democrat state rep. Uh, Tom Saunders does have an opponent. Uh, he's got uh, Jeff Embry running in the Republican primary. Uh, I think he's actually going to make the ballot this time. Uh, we talked about Kit Crane and David McCord running for circuit court judge in the different districts, and, and Joe Burzak's uh, running for prosecutor. In Henry County, uh, Jennifer Grubbs is running for clerk of the court. I think she's an employee of the clerk's office. Is yes. that correct? I don't know her personally yet. I knew Debbie Walker pretty well uh, from her time uh, serving. Uh, she is running for county auditor. It's like the, you get in the county courthouse in the government, and it's just kind of you can only be in a seat for eight years, and then you have to pick another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they kind of cycle through. So these guys are all running as Republicans so far. Uh, county recorder Linda Winchester is running for that seat. Bill Upchurch is running for uh, treasurer. Sheriff right now, we only have Rick McCorkle running. There's no opposition yet. I would guess that by the time we get to November, that's going to have some somebody else there. Yep. And then uh, Jody Brown is running for assessor. First race that has competition, Northern District Commissioner uh, Butch Baker has uh, Ed Tarantino running in that race against him. Those are in Henry County. The entire county runs uh, votes in the race, but you have to live geographically. So we have three commissioners in every county in Indiana, excluding Marion County, which is different. But uh, you have Northern District, Center District, and a Southern District. Uh, this is the Northern District that's up this time. The Central and the Southern were up in 2016. Uh, so I don't know where uh, Mr. Tarantino lives. I know Butch Baker. I think he lives up in Prairie Township. But the entire county is going to vote in that. Uh, so right now there's only two Republicans, no Democrats. Still have time. Uh, District 1 County Council have two people that have filed so far. This is the seat that's going to be open. Uh, Adam Bowman is running against Pat Cronk. I'm also potentially floating my name out there for that race. I haven't decided yet, but uh, keep your mind open, folks. And then uh, there's some township trustee races as well. We won't get into the township races, but there are, I think, how many townships do we have in Henry County? Do you know? No, off top I don't of your head? know. It's like 13 or 14. Yeah, that um, sounds about right. There's an awful lot of them. Uh, let's see. District 2 County Council, we've got uh, three candidates running right now. Chad Malico, friend of the show, has declared as a Republican. On the Democrat side, we have Robin Reno Fleming, who is a uh, the incumbent Democrat. 
Uh, Dennis Free has filed. I heard some scuttlebutt out there that maybe he's not going to run, or maybe he may be th- reconsidering that. I know he had last run for that off a county council race, and uh, he backed out. That he may or may not happen this time. He had looked at that in uh, the 2016 election and ended up backing out of that. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see if he's actually on the ballot come the fall. But uh, these these are really important races. These are the, these are the people that are the closest to you. Um, and they really get to decide what your tax rates are, what happens. Yep. You know, they they have appointments to your planning commission, which Sean is a yes. part of. Yep. Um, I, I think it was uh, I'm the attorney was, for the planning commission. I'm yeah. not a member. One of many, many jobs you have. <laughs> one of many hats yep. I wear. On that and government take. I believe it was actually Chad Malicote that ended up, uh, whenever he was on the show, he ended up saying that it takes seven people. Seven people can affect your life and change your laws. It only takes four to do it. There's seven on the committee, and yeah. only four have to vote to raise your exactly. taxes. Uh, you and know, this is four of the seats we're talking that, about. That's why we're that's why we're saying it's so important. That's that's an issue, and uh, those are the things that we have to pay attention to. Uh, third district, we've got uh, Steve Duggar, who's the incumbent ca- uh, county councilman over there. Got a challenger named Peggy Standefell. I don't know much about her, but I've heard she's on the. Uh, there's almost like two parties. There's the Democrat mm-hmm. Party, Republican Party, and then uh, off of that, there's an offshoot of the anti-win party. Uh, I think Peggy falls in that category. I think, but I, I, I I'm looking forward to seeing how all of these folks uh, campaign, what the issues turn into, uh, and I really do hope that we can use this as a platform to um, to get. Uh, Basically, to get people in front of a microphone and explain their ideas. Yes. Yep. So my goal is going to be to have people in District 1, 2, 3, and 4 come on this show, talk, and work through these things, both before the primary and as we get to the general election, to uh, to give people an opportunity to watch these folks in person, online. We're not going to make you go to a, you know, obviously, I think the other uh, forums will exist, but I want to provide a place where we can do long-form discussions about the issues. Yep. Uh, so Peggy Standefell and uh, Steve Duggar are running in, as Republicans in that district. Uh, Dakota Clark, I found him on the Facebook, uh, on the Facebook, just like the Krogers. Uh, <laughs> I think he's a 2017 graduate of Knightstown, so very excited that he's uh, he's running. He's a political science major up at Ball State, uh, looking at uh, looking at making his first run as a Democrat. Uh, the last district we have, uh, no rep- no Democrats filed, but uh, Susan Hoon, who ran as a county commissioner candidate in the South last time. As an independent, she has filed against Nate Lamar, uh, the county council president in District uh, District Four. So lots of uh, lots of excitement coming. Y'all can uh, sign up for yard science, contacting those folks, and uh, let your let your yards do some campaigning. We'll see what uh, we'll see what happens, but yeah, it's exciting. It is. It's, it, this is going to be a good year. As a as the chairman for the Libertarian Party of Henry County, I have to say that I'm. I feel really good about uh, about what's going to happen this year. I think that uh, there's a lot of good liberty-minded people. Uh, Chad is one of those people, um, and I, I I'm really confident and I'm really hopeful about about the 2018 election cycle. The important thing is people run, and you know, new ideas come in. You know, we can't yep. run a county like it's 1972. And I know it takes having new people on a council and new people in leadership for those things to happen and for advances to happen. Yep. Doesn't necessarily mean we have to elect them, but we do need new ideas and bringing fresh ideas in is a really good thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's something that we've talked about on the show all the time. It's, you know, straight ticket voting absolutely kills, absolutely kills the formation of new ideas whenever it comes to local government. It's, yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway, we'll see. This is not a final list. I think uh, coming by Saturday, I think we should have a final list. I think noon Friday is the deadline. Yes. Other interesting things to see, each of the Senate candidates uh, have to have a certain number of signatures across the nine districts. I think Joe Don. I don't know if Joe Donnelly's on this ballot yet or not. I don't know if he's filed. You have until uh, noon tomorrow to make your filing. I, I'm sure he will make it. Uh, wow. Yeah, actually, I don't see any of the U.S. None of the U.S. Senate candidates made it here yet, but it's because they're validating signatures. It'll see, we'll see that after the fact. I've seen the preliminary signature reports come in. I think all of the well-financed candidates are going to make the ballot. Donnelly, yeah. uh, Messer, Braun, and Rakita. Uh, um, unfortunately, our guest that we had on, Andy Horning, uh, yeah, he, he's, he had to step out. He couldn't make the signature requirement. Yep, and then I think there's Andrew Tacchini, uh, who's from Southern India. I think he's from Floyd's Knob, maybe? Uh, we invited him on. I, he is going to be very close on making it. I know that they were making a push to try to get uh, try to get on. Going to be close. You're going to have three to four Republicans running, and obviously just uh, just Senator Donnelly running for reelection. I'm sure we'll have a Libertarian on, and uh, we'll see where it goes. But anyway, that's the uh, that's the update on uh, on the races. Honestly, the, the top of the ticket might be the one that gets the most uh, the most interest. But the bottom of the ticket is the uh, is the spot you really need to watch those those. Township level races. We're not going to get into all the township level races today, um, but those council races, commissioners races. That's uh, that's where you're. Those are the people that actually have the most effect on your day to day. We're going to try hard to get some to get some Senate candidates in, uh, some some of the big names in, and then hey, you never know if we if we get some Senate candidates in here. You, next thing you know, we're moving up to Rand Paul and. If we get People Senate like candidates that. on, maybe the gov- the uh, not the governor, the mayor will agree to come in. Maybe <laughs> we, we've been told you inquired you inquired with his office, and he was going to research the podcast. So yep, he did. I, it takes it's going to take him a while to get through all forty two episodes. Yeah, he's got to binge. He's got to get to Sean Rao and Brant Spicer levels of fandom. Yep, he's to he's get a, through forty two episodes. He's a busy guy, especially a, when we turn out two next week. Yeah, yeah, that'll really throw him for a loop. Oh, what the heck, guys? I was just about ready to agree. <laughs> You guys need to reach out to the White House. I mean, we're we're getting there. You need to, you need to. Yep. Get we're to slowly that building the credibility. We've go gone from having, uh, you know, uh, we've gone from having Bones Harcourt, the golf course superintendent, on the show <laughs> in my backyard, to having state representatives and state senators. And and I, God, you're like our third attorney we've had on at this point. It's ridiculous. I I can't imagine the legal bill I've we've we've wasted three of your hours at this well, point. You know, tonight, Sean, it, you get the the bill in the mail. Uh, there's a you know friend of the show <laughs> discount. Uh, oh, good. Shave a little off the top. No, Galen and Rao is that the is that Galleon? Galleon, yes. Galleon and Rao, yes. Yeah, not Row. Rao. Rao. Yes. Mike Rowe spells it with an E. Yes. Sean Rao spells Rowe. it with no E. Rao. Rowe. Rao. No E. Correct. Yeah. Rowe. Exactly. Correct. Yes. What about like row, row, row your boat? I, that doesn't have any on the end. Never of it. heard of that one before. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of that one before. So I how do, not. I how hear do, North and North or South Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that every time. How uh, how do people get in touch with you if they want to follow you? You get your your beer opinions, your hockey opinions, your your legal aid, Facebook or. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes I retweet things off of Twitter, but it's mostly what I use Twitter for is like, I thought this was funny or interesting and I'm going to share it with my friends. Um, Facebook or Twitter, uh, you know, and I'm uh, available by, by email and, and I'm just, I'm just one of these older millennials that's not on Instagram or Snapchat <laughs> or anything yeah, else. I'm, I'm, I'm on dogs. Instagram. I, when I'm on Instagram, I scroll through and about uh, the fifth or sixth post down. Kid, you see this all the time. 
it tries to get you to invite your friends. Yeah. Dakota is Dakota's always the, the first, first person. It's yeah. like, you need to invite Dakota. Dakota <laughs> and my mother are not on millennial. Yeah, he's the young. I'm the world's oldest millennial, and he's the world's youngest. And literally, it's like, you need to invite Dakota. Every time. Every time. All right. So, final thoughts. Is there anything we left out that we need to cover for you? Uh, I, I would just uh, like to give a shout-out uh, to uh, the Courier Times, who covered uh, Veterans Treatment Court this week. That was a cool story. They, they, was, there's yes. a special. I don't know how many counties have that, but there's a special veterans court. Yes, where people that are service members go through, and they've had a program where you come in multiple times. Like uh, it's not just a, a half-ass court. Week, you go in once a week, you know, and you go before the judge, and you get tested. Mm-hmm. Uh, drug. I assume it's drug and alcohol testing. Yep. Yep. Uh, and they had their first graduate, right? Yes, we've had our first graduate this um, this week. He's been in for about a year. We expect another graduate. Uh, the following month, so we're making some progress with our first group, and these guys work very hard. They've earned these benefits. Um, get them connected to the VA. Um, they have sometimes they have benefits they didn't even know about. Um, so that's always really cool to see. Um, so what's what's the advantage of going through the Veterans Court versus the uh, the regular court? So the Veterans Court is only obviously available to uh, service members who are honor- honorably discharged, and they have run into some issues with the legal system. Um, if the candidate is appropriate, we look at, we would roundtable it with the with the team. Uh, I'm one of the members, um, the judge, um, prosecutor, probation, community corrections, sheriff, everybody kind of, we all get to have some input. And then if the, if the person would plead guilty to something we would agree to, they would enter into a participation agreement. Um, which would stipulate maybe you get your felony reduced to a misdemeanor or you get your case dismissed entirely if you successfully complete the program. And then we earn them into the program. They can do uh, intensive inpatient programming or they can do group therapy or uh, vocational rehab, trying to get them back into the workforce. Um, so it's been it's been a real pleasure to be a part of that program and to see that um, the justice system, not just nationally but in Henry County we're starting to move away from you know when you're when 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 you're the hammer you you hammer people everything looks like a nail well you know there there are other ways of of addressing these problems and trying to reduce recidivism and a lot of that includes treatment and i think in the near future you're going to see more problem solving courts in uh in our county you're going to see a drug court you're going to see um maybe an expansion of that and then um uh, hopefully more candidates for veterans court and we can help out as many vets as we can. But, uh, I, I really appreciated Travis and, uh, Eldon uh, coming out to, uh, to cover that and, uh, just really enjoyed being a part of that, a part of that program. Yeah, that's, that's a great really story. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. And if uh, honest, this is a shameless plug again. I subscribe to all three of the local papers, yes. the Nightstown paper, the Newcastle paper and the Middletown paper. Whether you're listening in Henry County, Indiana, or you know Salem, Indiana, or anywhere, get your local paper. There is a lot. Of, they send people to local meetings, so you don't have to suffer through them, but you can be plugged in. Great service that they provide. Friend of the show, Travis Wyke. That's right. He did a great job with the story. So now just he want to did. Give him a shout. He did write a story today about the uh, about the the township <laughs> township government, yeah. and I did a little copy editing for him. He said he. Uh, <laughs> He's going to yell at me. Uh, he he wrote the uh, and I'll just read I'll read his story for uh, for everybody. 
uh, consolation, consolidation bill dies in the House. He said trustees in rural townships can breath a bit easier now that House Bill 1005. I did a simple edit, and I, I, I said he might have meant breathe, so I wrote it in, mm-hmm. texted it to him. And sent it back, and he he came back telling me to uh, ignore my descriptive sentence. I don't ignore his descriptive sentence just because of a silly and some might argue an wholly unnecessary vowel. Mm. So anyway, I, it's a teach their own, I guess, on the spelling. Yes. Yes. I, yeah, he didn't he didn't <laughs> pick post a correction online, so he's standing by his telling story. not spelling, telling not spelling. <laughs> That's Kate, why you're a lawyer. Right? <laughs> He can defend a, a journalist. He can defend a potentially incorrect word. Not, it's not beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's wrong. That's so right. I guess he might be innocent. That's right. It's it's plausible. That's why I can't convict. Got to hear both sides. The glove doesn't fit. Got to hear both sides. If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. Cade, you hauling corn? What, what's going on in your world? Nah, uh, we're done. We finally got done. You got it all sold. Yep. You, your bank account's fat, and you're you're ready to build your windmill now. Yep. Uh, <laughs> We're, uh, I'm ready for all the Boss Song of Liberty donations. Yeah. There's a little bit. There was like a one-second silence right there. Yeah. <laughs> just, just him shooting daggers at you. <laughs> no, we're just we're working in the shop now, getting stuff ready for springtime and trying to stay busy, uh, kind of rebuilding tools and servicing tractors and trucks and getting stuff ready. So. Told you you need to start putting plant crops on the ground now so you can get your third replant yeah, out of the way so you can make if, for the bachelor yeah, party. If, if I could, I, I'd do that. <laughs> They won't germinate till it gets warm anyway. You just got to get them in there and they'll yeah. be ready to go. Yeah. They won't rot. <laughs> so, All right. Well, but yeah, other than that, um, I, I'm really looking forward to what we got kind of in the queue, people we got lined up to interview, and I think we're going to have a lot of good episodes here coming up. Well, nice. we, so, we appreciate you being a part of the show. And everybody stay tuned. and Being the boss hog model tonight, wearing that, yeah. uh, that Smedium. Yep, I like it. Looking good. Fits good. Dakota, what uh, what's going on over there? What's going on in my world? There's not a whole lot. Um, okay, so this uh, this uh, basically like the past three weeks, I've fallen deeply in love with Dr. Jordan B. Peterson, and I know I know you too. Uh, I, I I keep seeing you post stuff yeah. on Facebook, and it's Jordan's just awesome. Jordan's a great guy. I really like. Jordan. Oh my goodness! I I keep listening. I I like binge watching and binge listening to everything that he has. And then I'm, I, I feel like I'm betraying Ben Shapiro, so then I have to go back and listen <laughs> to Ben's show. And then I'm like, no, but there's so much stuff that I still have to listen to on Jordan's show. Um, I mean, hopefully I can I can learn some things from that and I can incorporate him into this show. That that would be awesome. And then we can get as big as what he is. And maybe one day me and you will be sitting across from uh, Dave Rubin on the Rubin Report. You never know. Yep, but uh, if... Uh, I wanted to uh, give a quick update about what we saw at the uh, at the uh, Monday City Council meeting with the large trash. It sounds like we're going to go ahead and there's going to be three large trash pickup days the uh, second week of April, the second week of July, and the second week of October are going to be your large trash pickup days. But also, the city is going to pay for every citizen to uh, to take all their large trash to Buster's at any time. So you have to provide your uh, your city uh, like utility bill, and then you have to provide your driver's license that proves that you live here, and then the city will pay for it. You don't have to pay a dime to do it. And uh, th- that is our large trash scenario. I know we've been following it from the beginning, and a lot of people tuned in for our live stream. So uh, Kate, that's our update. You can go to Dakota's house, and he's got a trash bill. You can get all your stuff dumped for free by yeah. going yes. with Dakota, and then I can go to Sean, <laughs> and I can get my my dishwasher disposed of. 
So you're not supposed to like conspire <laughs> on camera. Like that's rule number one. There, they won't know it's us that, if you just kick it out and, and keep going. That's that, true. That was uh, that was you one just, of you just dump it out on a county yeah. road, and make it yeah. a analysis problem. Yeah, just that don't way. do it in any of my fields because it ends up in a combine, <laughs> and that's not cool. No, I uh, I I worked on a farm my very first job, and I I think there were three times that I had to go out and clean out people had dumped in oh, cornfields. Terrible. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. so stupid too. There's, well, and the thing is when you're when you're farming and you're you're watching what you're doing, especially on inros, you know you're not always watching. You're watching a podcast. Yeah, you're you're, you're trying not to hit telephone poles, <laughs> and you end yeah. up sucking a tire into into it. Which which sometimes, if you're a farmer, you're driving a backhoe and you still hit uh, not a telephone pole but telephone wire, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I got called out for that job. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> Was that at Kate's house? Yeah, uh, it was out. It was out there on some of the property that he uh, uh, farms. Yeah. Oh man, bad accidents, blood, accidents bad blood over happen. yonder. <laughs> Honestly, though, if you're like if you're if you pay for trash service, your your people. If you're a rural person, you don't have to go sneak in with uh, with with Sean or Dakota, some of these city folk. Uh, they will come and pick it up as well. Like it, it's one or I think two times a year. If you're a Buster's person, I have Buster's. I called them. I've got a dishwasher and he picked up. You literally just have to call and they'll pick it up twice a year as well. Mm-hmm. You just you just make a phone call and they'll do it. So don't conspire and make uh, make the city pay for it. That's uh, it's wholly unnecessary. They'll they'll just take care of it for you anyway. Or you can just drag it down there yourself for five bucks and they'll take it. But don't pollute. No matter what you do, don't stick it in Cade's field. That's just not fair. <laughs> uh, final thoughts from me. Um, the uh, the stock market has completely crashed this mm. year. Total panic in the media. Mm. If you watch CNN or Fox News or anybody that wants clicks and ratings, uh, until today the stock market had crashed horribly, Sean, to levels we hadn't seen since January first of this year. Everything you had made in the last thirty days was gone. Were you okay on January first, Sean? I think I was all right. You were doing okay, Kate. I was all right. I was all right. It's not a total panic. It yeah. went down yeah. another thousand points today. Uh, which means you're probably down to where you were about Thanksgiving. Mm. Nobody gets hurt on a roller coaster unless you get off in the middle. <laughs> you're gonna be okay. And Just calm we, your asses down. Can we stop pretending like the the president is in direct correlation with what happens in the in the stock market? Like. The president never, like, even, okay, I'm not just saying this because Trump is president, but, like, even when Obama was president, the president doesn't have a direct effect that he, over the stock His memory stock of presidents goes all the way back to Obama. All the way back. <laughs> all the way back the old Does Trump know that he doesn't affect the stock Trump, market? No, Does Trump, Trump know that? Trump doesn't know. And this is, like, a, dear President Trump, from my bedroom in uh, in Newcastle, Indiana, please hear me out. You do not have a direct effect or do not have direct control over the stock market. That is that is literally like our entire economic system is that the president doesn't have control over the stock market. And I'm I'm tired of hearing about oh, look at what Donald Trump has done. Oh, the, Donald Trump is doing so good because my four oh one K is better. That stop. that would lose steam if he would stop saying it. Yes. Yes. That, it that's would. the only thing. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things he should Stop saying, <laughs> uh, you know, but anyway, uh, final thoughts from me. Thank you, everybody that's listened and subscribed on some platform. Uh, you can get us on SoundCloud. If you look, SoundCloud, if you look up, you are, uh, we are libertarians. Uh, we think we are libertarians for carrying us on their network. Uh, iTunes, tune in radio, look up boss hog of Liberty. Our podcast is there easily available. YouTube boss hog of Liberty, facebook.com slash boss hog of Liberty. There's a theme here. Basically boss hog of Liberty anywhere. You'll find us just boss hog of Liberty.com and you can stream the podcast there. Uh, we're on Stitcher, all of the platforms. You can find us. We're easy to get to. Uh, we appreciate all of our supporters. 
Th- special thank you to Chad Malicote for his donation this week to help with the studio cost. We really appreciate that. Uh, we uh, we got on the good side of T-Champ and actually got paid for all of the merchandise, the coffee cups, the, the T-shirts. Going to try to get that stuff back into an online store shortly, but uh, until then, if you got it, it should be at your house by now. I think I've gotten everything I ordered, and I know a number of the listeners have as well. Uh, we will get a second round very soon, but uh, hopefully you've enjoyed seeing all the seeing all the swag. Uh, get your hands on that next time. Looking forward to having Saunders, Representative Saunders on and Robin Miller on next week. Uh, big time stuff coming. We uh, we really do appreciate the support and the listeners. The only way we grow is when you share it. So tell your friends, word of mouth, and uh, and on social media. Share the picture, share the video, and uh, give us likes and clicks. That's uh, that's what makes it happen. We will see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com.